You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is interview number 1,560, and this is podcast number 1,248. I think we're going to have a fun time with you here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're the longest-running business podcast. We've been on the air since March of 2009, and we emanate here from beautiful Orange County, California, and the studios of octalkradio.net. Be Ready Earthquake and Survival Products helps businesses, individuals, and schools get the products and the plans they need to be ready for any disaster. You know, so many businesses and people want and need to get this done. However, many of them don't even know where to start. That's why I've invited my friend Susan Trant, who is the founder of Be Ready Earthquake and Survival Products, onto the show today so that we can talk about all things survival and being ready. Susan, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to have you on the program. Why don't, before we get into the business, let me tell me a little bit about you and sort of your background. How did you get into this, Susan? Well, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where we're known to have lots of hurricanes. And I also had a father that was a strategic air pilot in the Air Force. Okay. So always planning and having a plan in place was always something our family grew up with. Okay, so that just seemed natural to you, mm-hmm. right? It just comes right. Okay, so uh, I know Fort Lauderdale in the greater Miami area, and they do get a lot of rain. And oh. occasionally they get devastating rains and floods. Oh, yeah. Right? But those are predictable. Here in California, unfortunately, we suffer from earthquakes, which aren't really predictable, and then these fires that can kind of erupt in a moment's notice type of a thing. Yeah, but in hurricanes, they do come up sometimes quickly, and if you don't have product at home, right, you can't, sometimes you go to the grocery store and they're out of food already. So you really always have to have product just like you should have product for an earthquake. Okay, so lesson number one here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. We're barely a minute into the live <laughs> show, and Susan's already admonishing us that we should have these things in some place that is reachable. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit, but make a note to yourself. Uh, do I have that at home? And uh, we're going to be giving you more insights as the show goes on. What What is Be Ready Earthquake and Survival Products? Well, I'm a company that calls on businesses schools and individuals and what i do is i sell products that are you know the things you should have uh, food water toilets all those things so you can last three days without any help okay so i'm sorry not to interrupt you but um i can understand how we do i think of earthquake prepared and kit i think of for the personal individual at your home and we'll talk about that in a minute how does that relate to a business when you consult with businesses? Businesses, this is a very weak spot in Orange County. They are not prepared at all. And what's going to happen is all your employees are going to get stuck there because the uh, if we have a very big earthquake, we're going to have freeways that are devastated and they can't drive home. And so you're going to have also you're going to have people that are trapped in the building. And so businesses really need to have search and rescue products as well as food and water. I have one of my biggest customers, um, Honda, and they have four big storage containers and uh, that's all 
locked up and everything, but one whole container has 3,000 food bars and water packages for all their employees. Okay, so that um, help me to see if this is a myth or a fact. It seems to me that it is more the responsibility of these bigger companies, bigger employers, to have emergency preparedness plans. What about the smaller employees that have 20, 50, or 100 people? Everyone needs it. Honda just did it because they had that huge earthquake a number of years ago, and and they felt they needed to – they saw what happened in Japan, so that's why they did it over here. But every person, every business, 40% of businesses go out of business after any type of disaster. This is just a disaster that happens like, say, a burglary or a flooding of your own business. Mm. It's not just an earthquake. Um, If they don't have a plan in place and they don't have products so they can survive – uh, they're going to be in deep trouble. So we're talking with Susan Trance. She's a member of the critical mass community, a valued member of our community, and someone who I thought has knowledge in an area that many of us are ignorant to, because what I find is many business owners, when they realize what they need to do, they can take action to do it. But when they don't even know what they don't know, um, they're walking around blissfully thinking they've got it covered. So let's role play a little bit, if we could, Susan. Uh, If you're working with a company that says has 100 employees who work in the building or buildings, um, what would you advise me as the business owner to be Uh, have on hand and be ready for should, unfortunately, a major disaster happen. So the companies that I've done for 100 people at a building is we have a big, like, um, grocery uh, garbage can that will be stored with all the rescue, search and rescue, hard hats, crowbars, um, jacks, things like that. And then probably we'd have another garbage can that has food and water and blankets and things like that. What businesses have to think about is how many of their customers live so far away. And that's how you justify how much you need to have on hand. But a plan is really more important. If you don't have people that you know can do this plan for you, who are going to be the people that are going to dig people out of stuff? Who's the people who have some medical uh, knowledge? And things like that, you're going to be in deep, deep trouble. Okay, so depending on how far away your employees reside from the business tells you sort of how much, how long you have to be prepared to shelter in place with them, I would think is what you're saying, right? Yeah. The further the distance, the longer they may have to stay with you because the harder it is to get home. Yep. But but realizing where they want to be is they want to be home. Right. right? They don't want to be there with you. But if a business hasn't informed their, their employees what to do and have stuff at home, The employees are not going to come back to the business because the employees is the business. You can't, when you have 100 employees, you can't do all those jobs. So you're going to be out of business if you don't have a plan in place on how you can get your business back running and things like that. So an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I didn't make that up. I I copied that (laughs) from somebody else. But that's well worth it here as we talk with Susan Tran at uh, Be Ready. Because not only is it important to have the equipment that, seems almost like fantastic crowbars and all these other things but until unfortunately you experience some type of a natural disaster you don't realize boy it would have been nice to have a crowbar yeah right so you know from experience you need to have a crowbar or at least some combination of tools but when you say without a plan let's talk a little bit about a company that has a hundred employees what type of a emergency plan do they need to have that's documented so I like all businesses to have we go through and look at their risks on, okay, what's the chances of we having an earthquake? What's the chances of a power outage? We go and rank those, and then we figure out a contingency plan on how, what they would do for each of those situations. 
you know, if the the building gets flood, where are we going to go work? Because people, employees can maybe last two weeks without a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And after that, they're going off and finding a job. And then your business is down. Right. So um, for every day uh, small businesses out, that's $3,000 loss, they say. For a medium business, it's about $23,000 a day. It starts adding up a lot. Right. And, and is, it, uh, is it wise? Do you help your clients to recognize that they need some people who are trained in, like, emergency skills like CPR? Or yeah. We, okay. Yeah, and we want them to be trained. And also there's companies called CERT. It's not a company. Each city has a CERT program where we could send employees. Basically, it's usually free or about 40 bucks, And we teach them how we would have a plan and where we would set up uh, how to search buildings, how to um, set up a medical um, area for when the ambulances can come and get people. And, and it's a whole procedure on how to, how to diagnose the people and are they a... Uh, you know, a, a green, yellow, or red. I've know. seen those, like where they put them out, the colored tarps out uh-huh. on the in the parking lot, exactly. and different people are on different tarps. I guess based on the severity of their injuries. Right, and if you got a broken arm, believe it or not, that's a green. Yeah. That's nothing. They're going to put you to work because you still have one more arm. Right. You know. So, so we are talking maybe worst case scenario, and sometimes business owners go, "It hasn't happened. The likelihood of it happening is so infrequent or improbable. Why would I spend my time?" And effort and money on something that is like a low probability event. Well, you spend money on other things insurance-wise, and it doesn't happen, and you still keep purchasing it. So to spend a thousand, two thousand dollars to make a plan or to get product in place that'll last you a good twenty years, it's well worth it. So these products that you represent have shelf life of. You, okay, so if you buy like the tools and stuff, they're going to last you a you know good twenty years, but. The um, food and water, you exchange out every five years, and that's one of my services, is I will come, tell you your food and water needs to be changed out, and then we just replace it. But the food and water doesn't cost that much considered to what you purchase for the whole kit. Mm-hmm. And then the plans that I make, we go and you know review once a year. But you definitely have to have a fire drill, you have to have an earthquake drill, and now you need an active shooter drill for okay. all business. So places. when you say you have to, what do you, you mean should. by you have to? Okay, you it's should. just I'm sorry. good common sense thing, right? And, yeah, I'm sorry. It's oh. not a law yet, but it, you know, it's becoming that businesses need these type okay. of plans. So it's give them to me again. Fire drill. Fire drill. Earthquake drill. Okay. And then active shooter drill. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I, I think one of the things that makes sense to me is you need to know if everybody's okay, right? Like, or, or if everybody who was in the building has been accounted for. Right. Those kind of things happen easier if you have a plan in place that just gets activated when an emergency happens, right? Yes. I make these notebooks. I call them contingency planning. And as we went through our threats and, and risks to see what's our biggest threat, all those things are and what do we need a plan for and we make a notebook the office has a notebook and then also the owner of the business has a notebook that notebook needs to be kept at home because it has all the pertinent stuff so we can restart the business if the whole building burnt down and we lost everything okay so it could it could be the big one God forbid, earthquake where everybody is devastated. Or it could be a localized problem where your building catches fire or that it's flooded. Right. Or as you said before, there's a, 
uh, a disgruntled employee who creates an incident at your workplace where it's isolated just to your business, but it's a major issue for you at the time. Exactly. Which could threaten the li- likelihood of your business's survival if it's like a flood or a fire. And, and pulling, it seems kind of antiquated to have things on paper in a ring binder, but I'm sure from your perspective, that makes a lot of sense. Well, we do like it in the cloud, but we've also heard about things not being able to pull down from the cloud. Okay. So I just like one notebook. I get, I'm get, i getting more and more fighting about that. But, I mean, they're saying, yeah, we still need one notebook binder that has a few extra checks in it, has the um, accounts in all of all the important insurance people, your lawyers, all this information that, heaven forbid, if the cell towers go down and your cell phone can't get charged anymore, you have another way to figure that out. Right. And these are the kind of things that unless you've experienced it, you don't realize what you needed to have at the time you needed to have it. So what you bring to the business is all this experience of other unfortunate souls who have learned the hard way what they need to have, right? Yes. It is no fun, you guys, to sit around (laughs) for two weeks to a month not being able to do anything because you're just getting supplies in and you can't you know, you can't buy anything, and you're just eating whatever's given to you from the Red Cross and things like right. that. Right. So so the way I look at it, Susan, is you can have a localized event. It could just be your building, but it could devastate your building. It could burn it to the ground. It could flood it beyond repair. Mm-hmm. Or you could have an incident where you have an employee who causes problems at work, uh, active yeah. shooter kind of thing. And, and you need to be ready for that. Right. right. And the, I don't know the probability of that versus the big one, but it seems like to me it's more likely that you'd have an individual accident rather than a major catastrophe. Right. And that's why we're going through the different threats and th- risks. And then right. we also need to see what is the most critical thing you need to happen so your business can keep running. Because, you know, is it like a, for a financial planner, it's most important that they get checks out. Other than that, the trades and stuff, they could wait a day or two. But, you know, other businesses, you know, it's it's getting financials out. You know, I have a, a company I'm doing right now, and, they, you know, they've got to hit their profit statement, you know, those mm-hmm. statements out on a certain date. And they've got a lot of different companies. So, so I, I would think, depending on the type of company, spending some time with a professional such as yourself thinking through scenario planning, a catastrophe, uh, an issue, a uh, mm-hmm is valuable because you can anticipate them what you would need and then you might be able to spend the time and energy to put those in place so that god forbid if you needed them you had it yeah and what could that be worth to you as a business owner right to Mm -hmm. to to have have done the work before you needed it yeah peace of mind is well worth the cost right but um you know nowadays with the internet you know if they can't get a hold of you if your phone number's not working they're just going to go to the next person so we really need to make sure we have a plan so they can keep reaching you and you can keep working. But on the other side of that, there are many of uh, businesses of the 100-employee size and 20 employees, too, who have service-level agreements where they have agreed in contracts for their suppliers or for their cu- customers to be able to meet a certain level of performance. And you need to look at those SLAs as well because in that may be uh, the wording of the you don't get out of jail free because you've had a, con- you, a oh, major yeah. catastrophe, right? Mm-hmm. You're still obligated to be able to meet that SLA, and you might be incurring penalties from your customers because you're down and unable to provide product. Yes, that's a big deal. Right. That's a very big so, deal. So, so thinking about all these, uh, it's hard to imagine that your business could become unable, unable to work at all. And and we started. I wanted to start this conversation by saying it could be a localized event. God forbid your building could burn down or it could be flooded, or something else could happen that would negate your ability to do business for any extended period of time. 
But another risk that is least worth thinking about is the more dramatic fact that we live in Southern California. And for those of us around the world <laughs> and around the country, you have your own challenges, right? You know, we have, you know, we're unique to the earthquakes here in Southern California, but it's not just us. People have tornadoes and hurricanes and other things that, that happen. But the thing about an earthquake here is everyone will be devastated. In tornadoes, it's usually a two-mile radius. Okay. And so they can go outside that town and probably get back going. But here in this dense, dense area, we're really going to be in trouble and that all these businesses are going to be out of business and they need to have some type of way that maybe somebody outside the state will run and ship their stuff to them. We really need a plan. And right. One. Okay. So let, let's... Uh, we have a few minutes left here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. We're talking with Susan Trant. Um, let's talk about uh, what would happen if the if a big seven something whatever the right Richter scale number <laughs> is for an earthquake that would do significant structural damage in Orange County, California. Um, one of the things that you told me is that emergency service emergency services not all of you being overwhelmed may not may be unable to even reach you. Right for at least three days. And why is that? Well, the reason why is before they will go out to search or rescue anyone, they have to go check every major street and all the um, different bridges and to make sure that the fire trucks can drive over it and it's not going to collapse as they drive over there. Because you've got to think about it. You've only got about seven to nine guys on staff at any one time in a city and maybe three to four policemen. That's a lot of people. You know, that's not very many people for the the amount that we have in the city. And so they will have to go and write it all, report it back, and then figure out routings on how they could get to certain places that are on fire or something like that. And that will be their first thing. Rescuing people and people who have had heart attacks or something like that is like, uh, I'm sorry to say, it's not going to be happening. We're going to, that's why they want us so much to have CPR training and first aid training so we can all help ourselves. So, so, so the, what I've learned from you both here right now on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast and over the time that I've known you is that if a major earthquake were to happen in Orange County in Southern California for a period of time, if it happened during business hours, you are oh. on your own in your business. Oh. Is that is that fair to say? You, you are really dependent on the people that you're housed with. That you you're gonna have to work as a team to figure, and out, figure how, out a plan how, how to get around that mm-hmm. and and unfortunately if some of your people were became injured because of the earthquake it's you're going to be your responsibility as a business to figure out how to give them care until someone with better training can get there yes and it may be days and and it could be an extended period of time mm-hmm. and and so it seems to me that this basic first aid training and CPR, these are things that are just good to have in the culture of your company. Yeah, you know, even hospitals now, like UCI and Mission Hospital, are doing these free trainings called Stop the Bleeding. And it's about an hour course, and the surgeon doctor comes down, and they talk about how to tourniquet, and they make you learn how to tourniquet people, and also how to do deep wound keeping wounds from bleeding. It's very interesting because they know all these people, we need help. So earlier this year, this is, you know, 2019, we're streaming this live on OC Talk Radio and on our YouTube channel in 2019. But earlier this year, there was a series of earthquakes out in the eastern part of California, right, in Ridgecrest area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that got into the zeitgeist of people's minds. Oh, God, these things, you know, this Do could happen, happen right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. how quickly we forget about it. Yeah. 
They do, but that's when my business, they always think about this stuff <laughs> after. It's called a wake-up call, and they go and buy all sorts of stuff. But if they, you know, that's all good, you need to keep it in a place that's safe, not on the second floor of your house and not on a shelf or something like that. And in a building, we want to keep it by a door and, you know, someplace safe there. But, yeah, they're wake-up calls, but I wish people could wake up before. And one of the other things that you shared with me when I first met you was a list of documents. <gasps> yes. For Let's switch it a little bit to the maybe to the more of the personal side. So can you share with okay. me what that is? So buying product is great. And knowing how to use most of it is good, too. But if you don't have these important paperwork, such as a driver's license, um, your birth certificate, uh, some type of utility bill showing where you live, um, also a check with your routing number, you can't prove to FEMA who you are. You're not going to get any help. Because what happened is, back in Katrina days, people from Alabama and Tennessee, Texas came in to um, Baton Rouge, you know, mm -hmm. and they said, oh, that's my house. I need help. And so FEMA gave trailers and gave money and Walmart cards to all these people that really didn't deserve it. And, that, and then once people are in FEMA trailers, you can't get them out. So FEMA's very close now, and they're not going to give you a trailer in front of your house unless they're sure it's you who live at that house. And so if you can't prove who you are, you're not going to get any help. So, so They'll put you in a hotel for a day or two, but after that. So, so the scenario where your house is beyond repair or it's not safe to enter and your documents are inside the house, but you're not able to get in there to get access to them, you're advocating that you keep a, a good carbon copy or photocopy of these important documents at a place where you can grab it on your way out the door? Yes, I have a notebook, and it's called The Book, and it has all those things uh, all in one place, originals, most of them, or a copy if it's super, super important. So I can prove that that's my car, and this is my house, and all the other things that I need to prove so I can get help. I and also my insurance policies and my life insurance policies. Also, they have you put in a uh, tax return, you know, just the first couple of pages so they can see that you do earn money and that you would be able to pay back a loan. Right. Because what, what I think we don't appreciate is because now we're talking about a mass disaster that when there is a significant number of people who've been negatively affected, the social services are very quickly overwhelmed. And so to the front of the line come the people who are the most organized. Right. They, they're the most easy to help, and they're going to get the help. Right. And, and the unwashed masses of people who are left with nothing and just, you know, the, uh, you should take care of me because I need your help. That they want to, but they're not able to, right? Right. Is what you're saying. They'll help a little bit. You'll have the Red Cross with their food and stuff like that and give you some cots and stuff like that. But they're not. you're not going to get your money. And remember, with FEMA, they say, oh, we gave $5 million to this disaster. First in, first out, baby. If you got your money, you'll get your money first. But if at the end you finally are getting your paperwork in at the end, there may not be that much money left. Right. So just as a matter of personal survival, taking the time necessary to work with a professional like you to look at that list, which was, frankly, when I brought it home and showed it to my <laughs> wife, it's like, this is a really exhaustive list of things that we should have quickly yeah. available. Some are in our safe, some are upstairs. I mean, so, where's all this So stuff? what you do is, like, if there were really important originals, we'd make a copy, put it in the notebook, because right. we wanted to grab to go. Then after that notebook's done, I would make another copy and either put it in someplace safe, like a freezer. That's where the Red Cross tells you to put it in, because a freezer's the last thing to burn in a fire. And also, in an earthquake, tipping over 
it's not going to tip over too bad. And maybe you could get some friends to come into the, you know, through the sliding glass door and, and get your freezer open so you could get your paperwork. Especially if you have a garage refrigerator. Yeah. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that be yeah, the great yeah, place? Yeah. A garage yeah, refrigerator, yeah. Mm-hmm. which many people in Southern California have. And, and that would be a logical place to store these things, yep. right? Go I like ahead. earthquake kits in the garage by the side door, you know, in a big 32-gallon drum, you know, thing like that. Okay. So you can slide it out. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so uh, it is unthinkable that all the things that could go wrong. And, you know, it's the, it's the high probability of low probability events. Like, eventually something could happen, and it doesn't seem to me to be overly expensive or onerous from a time commitment to be prepared for worst case scenarios nope. by working with someone like yourself. That's why I'm, I call myself the emergency preparedness um, trainer. And uh, what I do is I get your product, your C-list product to an A-list and getting it done. Because you even said after the minor things that happened in Ridgecrest that you had a run on a lot of the products oh that you stocked. God. And that was a minor thing. So pe- people know when they, they should do something. And it's pretty easy to tap out the system of the emergency foods and stuff, yes. right? Yes. After all the emergency food, we couldn't get any emergency foods for three weeks. Right. Everything was gone. And so the bakers were working 24-7 trying to get out, but it was all, you know, it was minimal. Everyone got only so much. Right, because that's a business, too, and it's supply and demand. And if the demand isn't great, the supply is only meeting the demand. And all of a sudden, if the demand spikes, you can't overnight create all this great product My supplier now is just finally making the little 400-calorie food bars because they just, you know... It had to get out the 2400s first. Right. And one of the things, that, and, we'll, and then we'll leave after I, <laughs> after you answer this, and two, one more question, we're done, Paul. Uh, I know we're up against the clock here, but I'm enjoying this conversation. And I think it's really valuable for our audience to be paying attention to. If you had the ration water, what's the right amount of water that a person should drink? Oh, it's four ounces. And we sell these little four-ounce little packets. And the reason why is is because it's just the amount that you can drink and then you won't pee it out because water is going to be your most precious resource so we need to have different sources where there's these little water pouches i sell that are good for five years they can take the heat up to 135 degrees there's your hot water heater can be a source of water your um, pool can be i have a filter that can take the the hard metals out. And then there's these 55-gallon drums that people have on the side of their house. And that can, you with a preservative, it'll be good for five years. So but, we have different... But four you know, ounces four is the Four ounces magic. is the amount that you're only supposed to drink. And really, the first day, they say don't drink any or just eight ounces. It's hard for me to drink eight o- only eight ounces of water. Right, because we've been conditioned to drink as much water. Right, you got to keep hydrated. drink it all, yeah. But then you don't think well, you get dehydrated, you get the headaches and all sorts of things. So. Okay. And you don't want to drink so much water that you're relieving yourself of yeah. water that you could have used later. Later. Is what you're basically saying. Mm-hmm. Four ounces, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if you take nothing else away from this live interview with Susan Tran, put that in your memory banks and tell all your friends. So at least that's a survival tip that they can take away. If someone would like to learn more about you and your company, Susan Tran, how do they find you online? Well, I have a... I have a website called uh, two the number two be ready.com and you can email me at susan at to be ready.com and I have a phone 949 291 
888-627-6715. So I would strongly, in the strongest terms, encourage a listening audience here at any time. You may not be listening to this in October of 2019. You may be listening to this for five or ten years from now. But that's okay. Hopefully we haven't had a major earthquake. <laughs> and you still have time to get ready for it, ladies and gentlemen. But spend some time and think about you are responsible for the welfare of the people that work for you. It's time to just get some peace of mind and not wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning anymore and say, Oh, I, I, is that an earthquake? Oh, I need to get that earthquake kit finished. Right. Let's, Let's do just it do it and get it done. All right. Well, thank you for being a friend of the program and a part of the Critical Mass community. I've enjoyed getting to know you and having you as a member of our community. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. All right. And I also want to thank Paul Roberts for being uh, a wonderful engineer for today's show. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do that on social media. I am Richard Franzi on LinkedIn. F-R-A-N-Z-I is the best way to get our conversation started. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.